buffet. I've learned a, a, a very important thing about this church that I've fallen in love with is number one, our, the heart for missions is, is amazing. Uh, I, missions will change your life. I, I echo what was said. Go on a missions trip. It will change your trajectory of your life. And the second thing I've, I love is all of your announcements had to do with food. So, <laughs> and I'm already in love with this church. Uh, if, I, I've, not, I've met a lot of you. My name is Adam Fox. Uh, I uh, am just excited to be here with you to share my heart. I want to share a, a life verse with you in our, in our time we have. I'll only be about an hour and a half. Um, so, uh, no, no, I won't. Uh, uh, I am, uh, I, I'm really, this is kind of back home for me. Uh, I graduated Ferndale High School in 1996. Go Eagles. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's, uh, it was in incredible to get, come back, and we actually got to tour the new high school. Uh, just the other day, and doesn't looks nothing like when I went there. Way cooler. Um, so uh, this is kind of home for me. And, and there's one thing, as, as I get to know you, that I need to, uh, uh, don't boo me, but when I was uh, dating, I, I missionary dated, because I married a girl from Linden. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. We, have, uh, we have discussions all the time, which is better, a lion or an eagle. I'm like, it's flying, right? I mean, come on. Um, my wife, Erica, uh, we've been married for 23 years, uh, just about, uh, in November. Uh, yeah! And uh, we have three kids. Uh, my oldest, Michaela, is down in Bible school in Florida. She kind of said, where's the furthest from family I can go? Let's go there. Uh, she's doing uh, she, she fell in love with a school down there, and it's really close to Disney, and she likes Disney. So I'm like, well, eh, I guess you're going to school, so let's do that. Um, so my oldest, Michaela, is down in Florida right now doing school. I'm actually probably watching online, so hi, Michaela. Um, uh, and then our middle daughter, uh, Ella, we call her Ellie. She's a senior this year, so this is her big uh, hurrah. Um, and then our youngest, Tyler, is in eighth grade, but he's like six foot 12, um, 10. He's up there. He's in eighth grade. Um, my family and I are honored to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation and, and opportunity to come share our heart. I love I love this church already because of things mentioned, but um, you've been so welcoming uh, and so friendly and kind to us, so thank you for that. Like I said, I want to share just um, in the brief time that we have one of my life verses. I don't know if you have these, but there are a couple verses that, that I, I have just, this is the, uh, I hang my life on this. Um, when you read scriptures, every once in a while you'll hit something that just stands out above everything else, won't you? But there's some that are even beyond that, and I want an opportunity this morning to share with you my life verse that goes ahead all the time. So if you have your Bible, open up to John 16. Before uh, we jump into that scripture, let me ask you this question. Have you ever done something that in the middle of doing it, you go, is this even worth it? Like, have you ever done something like, why, why am I doing this? The reward's not going to pay off. Uh, maybe, maybe you're from the missions team, and at some point in preparing for the trip, you're like, this is hard. We got to fundraise, and, and, or maybe the, the flight down there, and there's always travel issues or whatever, and you say, why are we doing this? But then you get to a moment, and you say, that was worth it. It's worth every, every moment, every penny, all the hard stuff, all the struggle, all the, the tears. Um, it, it, those, those are the, the moments in life that will define you. Uh, for me, one of the things that I love is being outdoors. I love going hiking. I love going up into the wilderness and, and just there are moments when I'm up there and you just like, you feel God's presence. For me, I'm, I, that's what I love. And, and you have these moments, you're just in awe, like, wow, 
God, you created this for, for, for us, for me. And, but, but to get to these places, there's always a pain, isn't there? Like you, you go on these hikes and sometime in the middle when it's, it's arduous and it's hard, what am I doing? I could sit at home and look at these pictures. I took my family up to a, a Glacier National Park a few years ago, and we did this 13-mile hike up to Grinnell Glacier with an 1,800-foot elevation, elevation gain, and I think I ruined them for hiking forever. Uh, but you, you ask yourself why in the midst of it, but you get to the other end, and even moments on the hike, you go, wow, wow. And something about that keeps you going, doesn't it? And that's really uh, the... Uh, really what this message and this my life verse is all about this is what following jesus is there are moments and you're going god this is hard i don't know if i want to keep going but then you remember why you remember where you're going and you go okay it's worth it i'm going to take another step today that's my challenge as we read this in john 16 if you have your bible i'm gonna read one verse to you my verse uh, my, my life verse john 16 before I read it, can we pray together? I'd like to pray before I jump into the word of God. So, Lord, pray you'd prepare our hearts for your word, for your truth. I pray we would bury it in our hearts and it would grow. It would take seed, take root, and grow and produce fruit, fruit within us. Speak to us. And for anyone who's struggling today, who's discouraged today, I pray you would be the lifter of our heads as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. John 16, This is my life verse. You ready? I have told you all of this. This is Jesus speaking to disciples. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I, I love this verse, but there's a part in there where I'm like, Jesus, did you really have to say that? I, I, what I want this verse to say is, in me you'll have peace, and you'll have everything your heart desires with no issues, no arguments. Life will be peachy, and I've overcome the world. Like, isn't that what we want it to say? Like, we want it to be, this is going to be great. I'll have everything I ever want. Now, I, I, Jesus is telling us that in this world there's going to be struggles. But he says what? Take heart, I have. Say that again. Overcome the world. One thing when I'm preaching, and I'll say, you'll, you'll hear me say a lot, is whenever you're studying Scripture, there's a lot of great resources online, there's a lot of great resources out there, but context. If you want to understand a deeper underst a meaning and the depth of that one verse, read what comes before it and read what comes after it. It's context. That'll keep you from straying and taking a verse out of context where it's not meant to, meant to be. This, this verse, John chapter 16, is really part of a, a greater uh, teaching of Jesus. It's called his farewell discourse. He's talking to his disciples. It starts in chapter 13 and goes to, to chapter 17. It's his farewell discourse, and, and this is the place, it's in the upper room where they have the Last Supper. And you, you've probably heard of that. If you haven't, it's Jesus with his disciples eating, eating a meal together one last time. And this is actually the, the, the setting in which Jesus gets up and washes their feet. Uh, this, it, there's so much great stuff in this. It's his farewell discourse because these are his final words to his disciples. He's about to be betrayed and beat and taken to the cross. And these are his final words. In fact, it, a study of chapter 13 through, through 17 would be a great study. If you want to know somebody's uh, greatest heart, listen to their final words. It's his final words, and, and he's talking to his disciples, and he's teaching them all of these things. 
And he says two key things in the last breath of, of these words in this farewell discourse. He says, disciples, guys, in me, you're going to have peace. In this world, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be sorrow. Stuff is going to happen. And then he says, but take heart. Because in me, I have overcome all of this stuff. There, there's these two parts. There's going to be trouble, and I have overcome. My question to you is, which one, which camp do you live in? Which, where's your focus? And now I know we all want to say, I'm an overcomer. I know I'm an overcomer. But it's really hard to say when life is slapping you in the face, isn't it? It's really hard when sorrows come and, and, and you don't know which way is up. We've all been there. If you've lived any length of life, you've been there. I'm an overcomer, but this is screaming at me. These pains and these sorrows. Life is throwing me a curveball. Jesus, help me, because I'm really having a hard time. This is hard stuff. When uh, you turn on the news and it's just bad, bad, bad. Like, I just want to give up. I'm so frustrated. Or you get that phone call. That changes everything, stops you in your tracks. I've had those. And you say, God, why? I really want to be an overcomer. Please help me. H how do we do this? Now, Jesus is not making light of what you face. He's not saying, just buck it up and take it. Just get up and keep walking. Man up, grow up. He's, this is not what Jesus is saying. He's not making light of the troubles and issues that you and the disciples that we will all face. Jesus' emphasis in here is not on the troubles. It's on the overcoming. It's on the, the part of overcoming. To overcome, this word literally means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail, or, and I love this one, to get or to carry the victory. When he says take heart, he's saying, in the midst of all this, carry the victory. Remember, I have overcome, and in me, you're an overcomer too. That's the emphasis, but he's not making light of what's going on. My, my question then, and when I struggle, when I hear this scripture, and, and I've heard preachers preach about it, they say, hey, just, uh, troubles are momentary, but, but we're living for forever. That's great, but how, right? Give me something practical. I want to know, give me some tools in my tool belt to keep going when everything is screaming at me, quit. When I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when those close to me have been the ones who stabbed me in the back, how do I keep going? That's what I want to know. And again, as I said just a moment ago, it's context. Because Jesus took chapter 13 through 16 to teach and talk. Chapter 17, John records Jesus' prayer for his disciples. But it's not just for his disciples. Jesus' prayer is for you, too. It says in, in John uh, chapter 17, verse 20, he's praying, Jesus is praying to God, and he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe me through their message. Listen, did you, did you just catch that? Jesus just prayed for you. Like, we know he intercedes, but you just saw his words. He said, I pray for all who will ever believe. If you are a follower of Christ, Jesus just prayed for you. That's a game changer. That's something that lifts my head right there. But in Jesus' prayer, he prays some specific things that if, we're, if, we're, if we look carefully and we apply, it'll help us to live as overcomers in the midst of the world in which we live. 
in the midst of the struggle, and I don't know what you came in here with. Maybe, maybe you did. Maybe you came in, came in here frustrated, angry, hurt. I don't know what it is. But in Jesus' prayer for you and I, for his disciples, he gives us two things that I want to point out in our time here. Two ways in which we can be overcomers with him, through him. Because you're not on your own. It's only through Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross and his resurrection from the death that we, that we can be overcomers with him. There's two things that I want to point out in this prayer. There's so much, but two things that will help us be overcomers. Number one, what did Jesus pray for? He prayed for our unity. In, cha- in, in, verses, in chapter 17, verse 11, 21, 22, and 23, Jesus particularly prays for unity. He says, unify them. And, and Jesus says it specifically this, God, make them one as you and I are one. He's praying for us that we would have unity within the world in which we live, within the troubles and struggles that we have, to be overcomers with him. God's plan for us to live as overcomers is the church, is us, is together. Listen, you were not intended to do life alone. You were not intended to do this thing called life alone. I heard somebody say it this way, if you're doing life alone, you deserve to do life alone. Now, I don't wanna be that mean, but, but that kind of weight, we need to understand, if Jesus is taking time to pray for our unity, we need to understand the importance of together. We need to understand that we are in this together. When you're struggling, surround yourself with people that will lift you up. When you see others struggling, be that cloud of witness to lift them up and encourage and support that we can be in this together. We need each other. As Jesus prays for for unity and, and prays for us, we need to understand the importance of that. One thing I love, uh, I love reading, but I specifically love uh, uh, historical fiction. I like reading about these true facts that happen, uh, uh, especially around wars. I I don't know, maybe it's just uh, me and I'm weird, or it's a guy, I don't know, Uh, maybe you do too, but I I read a couple weeks ago about the battle in Guadalcanal, and I don't know if you've heard of that. It, it, the, the Marines were sent to this, this island, and, and they were uh, told to, to hold it, to take care of it, um, to make sure the Japanese army doesn't invade. And, and, and there's a, a picture of Henderson Field there. They came across Henderson Field, and, 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 and they said, Marines, we want you to hold this field and keep it. Do not let the Japanese army down, because this is so vital for this whole, uh, whole war, not just this battle for the whole so the Marines climbed up on a hill that the Japanese army would have to come up and over, and they started to dig in. They, they dug foxholes, and they'd, they'd buddy up, they'd partner up, and they had these foxholes all over. Little did they know that Marines were outnumbered by the Japanese army 10 to 1, and the Japanese army was coming with full force. And so they start battling, and, and, and the, the Japanese army was, was just overwhelming them, just taking foxhole after foxhole after foxhole. And, and I, I was reading this story, and, it, and it's talked about one of the last foxholes in the line of the defense. There were two Marines, and, and, and a Japanese soldier lobbed a grenade right into the middle of that foxhole. And, and it destroyed the hands of one Marine and completely blinded the other. All they had between them after that point was their, just their 150 caliber machine gun. And it said these two Marines fought valiantly. The one who couldn't see but had hands grabbed the gun, and the one who didn't have hands but could see aimed it. 
and together in those foxholes, and I'm sure it wasn't the last foxhole, but there was a couple, they held, being outnumbered 10 to 1, they held together. They held their line and kept the Japanese from getting down into Henderson Field. And you read about that, and, and just the idea that, hey, I got you. You may, have, you may walk with a limp, and, and, and I may walk with a limp, but together we can make this. And, and, and as they fought valiantly together, they used what they had, and they succeeded in holding that line. This is what unity looks like. There's a, a movie called Forrest Gump years ago. It's, it's, it's an older movie, but, but uh, Bubba and Forrest are, are fighting in the war, and, and Bubba says, hey, Forrest, you lean against me when we sleep, and I'll lean right, right back up against you, and that way we don't got to sleep with our heads in the mud. Uh, I, I remember that line, but that's the idea, that we have each other that I'm not alone in a foxhole. The, the military, they, they called it foxhole buddies. Can I ask you a question? Who's your foxhole buddy? Who do you have supporting you? It takes, it takes a purposeful moments, purposeful conversation to say, do you have my back? I have a pastor friend who actually might be watching this too. He's a pastor in Michigan. Uh, several years ago, we decided let's be foxhole buddies because we, we, we can't do this thing alone. So, we, in fact, I talked to him for about an hour yesterday. We call each other all the time. How you doing? How's your church? Where, where are your struggles? You need those in your life. Eh, so much so that you have to just put yourself in there. We talked earlier about, again, one of the food things, the, uh, uh, the breaking bread groups. Can I, I mean, just jump in. That's where you build the community to encourage you and keep you going. That's the unity for you and I to live as overcomers. We need each other. Let's break bread together. Let's learn each other. Let's get into each other's lives. And when you're struggling, I'll be there. And when I'm struggling, I'm going to look to you for help. God put us together. When we want to live as overcomers and not be focused in the world, we need to understand the something Jesus prayed for for you and I. We'd be foolish not to have that and surround ourselves there. So, so he prayed, uh, the first one, how do we live as overcomers? He prayed for our unity. And the second, and I won't do the, the two here, there's so much more, but, but Jesus, as he prayed for his disciples and as he prayed for you and I to be overcomers, he prayed that we would belong to the world. He prays it in and, and, and verse 15 through 18. Let me read it. John chapter 17, verse 15 says, I, it says, Jesus says, God, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Jesus prayed specifically, God, don't take them out of the world. But may they not ever bury their hearts here. Because this isn't where they belong. This isn't where we belong, church. He prayed that you and I would understand Though there's some good stuff here. This is not home. This is not the final chapter. This is not it. I look to something greater. I belong to Christ. He says something very, very interesting. He says uh, that, that you would teach them uh, to not be of this world. Don't take them out of the world, but not be of this world. And even if we jump back to our anchor scripture, John 16, 33, Jesus says these words. He says, in me, you'll have peace. In me. And then immediately says, in this world, you will have trouble. Look at the dichotomy here. He says, in me, you will have what? In the world, you will have? 
This, this word in means to have a place or position or a home. It, 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 it's this belonging. It's just this dichotomy of things saying, if your heart is buried in the world, struggles are going to destroy you because it destroys your world. If I don't belong to the world and I belong to Christ, struggles may happen. Now, please hear me, church. I believe God is a healer and he is a blesser and he does. I, I firmly believe that. But there are struggles. And you know what? They don't have to derail you if my heart and my place and my belonging is in Jesus Christ. That is where I put my hope so that when the struggles, I wouldn't follow my heart to all these things. I'll follow Jesus. The world tells you, follow your heart. It's a lie. Because what does the Bible say about our heart? It's deceitful above all else. I don't want to follow the things here. Jesus, I, I turn my eyes to you so that when stuff happens, and we know it will, I can look to Jesus as my strength. And in him, if I abide in him, is where I find peace and the power to overcome. Unity, my home belonging to him. And really, that's, that's, that's the message and the challenge I want to leave you with. I believe God told me to come and preach, and I've been preparing and praying for this, to tell you this. You are an overcomer. Find people to surround you, and don't bury your heart here. We have stuff, houses and families and, 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 and I don't know, money. I don't know where you're at. These are blessings of the blessings of God. But I never want to worship the gift instead of the giver. The blessing instead of the blesser. Yeah, back in 2001, um, my wife and I were in an uh, auto accident that changed our lives before we had kids. It, it, uh, it changed everything, even to this moment and this day. Right now, my, my wife has uh, four screws and two rods and holding her spine together, still, from 2001. We were on our way home from a, a, a great vacation in eastern Washington in the sunshine, driving the guide. <clears throat> yeah, the guide. Uh, and we were on it. A, a young man in his car, I say he blocked out. <clears throat> He's going 50 miles an hour, swerved all of those lanes and hit us head on, primarily on my wife's side. Flipping that car, I, I don't know what happened. We spun around and it hit other cars. And when I came to and things stopped for a moment, I... I I don't remember what happened at some point in there. I must have blacked out. I, I looked to my right, and my wife was lifeless, covered in glass and blood, not moving. And I did everything I could in that moment. To Erica, Erica, are you, are you alive? Are, are, are you there? And, 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 and nothing, not a movement, not a sound. The, uh, uh, we were in front of a, a hotel there on the guide by kind of where Walmart is, and um, and, and a, a housekeeper came out and tried to help as best she could. Finally, and I don't know how long it was, the paramedics and the, the ambulance showed up and um, had to use the jaws of life to open her door. And, and what happened was that there was one aid car and paramedic came assigned to me and, and one. And we were separated. One car, aid car, and she was putting another. And that's the last I saw of my wife for several hours. I, I, I thought for sure. I, we've only been married a year and I just lost my wife. So much so that when we were even at the hospital um, and they were working on me, I was in a different room as she was and every single doctor and every single nurse would come in and do what they needed to do on me and everyone I'd ask, say, will you please go find out how Eric is doing? Will you please let me know if my wife's alive? 
Every single one would look at me and said, yes, I'll be right back. Not a single one ever came back. I mean, what are you supposed to think, right? You talk about in this world, you'll have troubles. When I was pulled out of the wreckage and, and put into the ambulance, I was strapped to a stretcher and I had this thing on my neck and you, you can't move. And I was staring up at the, uh, the ceiling of the ambulance and this verse, John 16, 33, jumped into my head. I didn't even know I had it memorized. I just felt God, not in an audible voice, but whispering, hey, Adam, in me you'll have peace. In this world, there's gonna be trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. That's the moment this became a light verse for me. Because in that moment, I just released and said, Jesus, there's an unspeakable peace that I experienced. Now, I wasn't out of it. I still had the, the aid car. We still had weeks and weeks and weeks of, of, of recovery and surgery and, and all of these things. But as I, I, I just repeated this verse, and, and right on the heels of this verse came worship songs in my mind. This song started to play over and over on, on, on repeat in my head, and, and a good mentor friend of on Arnold came and brought in some worship music, and in the hospital, that's just all we played is worship music. There was a peace in that moment, which I should have never had peace, that I can't explain to you, because I understood in that moment, I don't belong here. This isn't home. My, my world could, could be destructive, and I don't want it. No one asked for it. I really want Jesus to say, no, you don't have to do that. But in the midst of it, I saw a piece of Jesus I would have never seen had I not experienced that. I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> and I could go back and I'd change it. But in the moment, I saw Jesus so clearly. A peace that passes all understanding. That in a new way. This changed everything. Church, Jesus looks at you. Because I know there's struggles. I know there's difficulties. Maybe it's family stuff. And he said to the disciples, and through his disciples, he's telling us, in me you'll have peace. In this world, there's going to be that stuff. But take heart. This is not your home. I have come. Paul writes it this way in, in uh, Romans 8. He says this, no, despite all of this stuff, these struggles and these trials, he says, all, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. He, he doesn't just say, you have victory. What does he say? Overwhelming victory is ours. I call this sermon, uh, carry the victory, because that is our job, yours and mine, to be carriers of this victory into a broken and hurting world who has no hope. There are people around you who are, are struggling who need a foxhole buddy, who need a new perspective. We are carriers of the, the overcoming, carriers of this victory. Will you live it? Maybe you need to hear it, and maybe you need to share it. I, uh, I don't know if you ever are, are like me, but um, when I hear a song and I'm listening to worship and, and it really hits me, I just listen, I repeat. And all week long, it's just been this song on repeat over and over and over. It, it, it's a song, if you haven't listened to it, it's called Christ Be Magnified by Cody Carnes. Listen to it. Great song. But the bridge, and I just want to read these words to you. The bridge says this. He says, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified 
to you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Christ magnified. Church, this is, this is not a message focusing on trials. This is a message focusing on victory, overcoming in the midst of it. Do you understand the Jesus we serve? He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And though I have a lot of questions about why, why, why did you have to say that middle part, Jesus? It's not where I live. That's not my story. That doesn't have to be yours either. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and I want to pray for you. And then after I pray, I'm going to invite a couple of our uh, prayer team up to pray for you before you leave. If Maybe you're carrying something, that, a burden. Maybe something happened this week that I, I don't even know and I can't even understand. I have a prayer team up here, and I'll stay up here. If you need a foxhole buddy today, we're going to be here for you. But I want to pray for you before we, we leave and, and head off and go eat or whatever you do. First of all, I want to pray for this. If you're in this room, and you don't know Jesus, this overcomer. He knows you, he sees you, and he loves you. And he died for you. If there's one message that I will preach over and over and over is that message right there. It's the blood of Jesus that covers our sin so that we can be risen with him, resurrected with Christ. This isn't my home, it's with him. I'm gonna say a prayer, and if you don't know this, Jesus today, this morning with this stranger Adam on the stage I've never met before, I'm going to pray this prayer to become an overcomer just like, like others in this room. Or secondly, maybe you are struggling, you just need a reminder you're an overcomer you are an overcomer would you stand with me as I pray Lord I thank you for being, knowing each of us would be here and none of us are here on accident. That you had a divine purpose for this morning for each of us. We all come from different walks of life, God. Different stories, different backgrounds. But you see it all. So first and foremost, I want to pray this. If anybody is here that does not yet know you, they would pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I confess I've fallen short. I've made a mess. Would you come into my mess and save me? I confess that you are Lord. I believe that you rose from the dead. And may you teach us how to follow you. Come into my life. God, for anybody who prayed that prayer, may they understand right now, today is a new day. New chapter has just been opened. How we thank you for being the God of salvation. And secondly, God, I, I lift up today everybody who's struggling, who's had a week. God, I pray, word says, lifter of our heads, the holder of our stand, we belong to you. Belong to you, not in this world. So God, I pray for encouragement as we carry the victory, as we understand we are more than overcomers through you. Overwhelming victory is ours. God, may we carry that into this world that's broken and needs hope. 
to our, our family members who need, so desperately need you, or our coworkers, as students school this week, they would carry the victory into the hallways of that, the schools they go to. God, do something radical and go with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite a, a couple of our prayer team up. If it, please hear me. Don't leave if you got something. I know you got stuff to do. Just take five minutes, two minutes, three minutes. This team wants to be your foxhole buddy and pray with you. If you have something, come pray with us. If not, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me and my family to be here to speak. It's been our pleasure. Hope to meet you. And I just pray that you would carry the victory wherever you go. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you.